Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another Miguel's Moment podcast. I am joined today with Noe Aguilar. He's a good friend I met back in high school and we catch up a little bit. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. He has some stories to tell. I'm just waiting on Noe to join the podcast. Hey, what's up, man? You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Uh, very little. How about now? Hold on, let me see if I can get my... Check, check, one, two, three. It's getting better, but... All right, I can hear more. You can hear me now? Yeah, can you hear the AC going? You can, can you hear me now? Yeah, that's better. It's better? <laughs> okay. That was pretty low. Uh, was was your audio not up, or...? No, I think I have... Yeah, I have my Bluetooth on. Uh, you got some headphones in or something? Well, I was watching a movie earlier, so... Cool, cool. So what are you up to, man? What are you doing? What am I up to? Absolutely nothing. Losing my damn mind. Yeah. No work today? Uh, no. Since things been with this COVID thing, I work five days. You work when? I only work five days because of COVID. Oh. Uh, well, it still work. I mean, there's a lot of people out there not working right now. Yeah, that's true. But I, I prefer to be working most of the days because where I live right now is like a 20-foot trailer and it just gets boiling hot. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. That's probably why you said the AC pretty low i mean i can hear it in the background hopefully when i play it back it won't be too bad but for now i hear you just fine yes i moved away from the ac so i don't know if that's gonna help so where are you living at now again uh washington up by up by kennewick uh like i'm uh four hours from the canada border oh wow have you gone to canada yet or not i've been to canada when i went to new york okay so i've been into uh canada and i had their little poutine so that's about everything I know about Canada. What's poutine or poutine? What's that? Poutine is French fries, thick cut, gravy, cheese curds, and pulled pork. That sounds like an, an American thing, but I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> that sounds like something like us Americans would eat. Yeah, that's um, it's good. I liked it, but the thing is, you can only eat one before you start having a little mini stroke about how greasy it is. No. <laughs> if I start complaining about how greasy it is, you, you know it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> so that, you just went over there for the food? Like, did you go check out something? Oh, I went to Bethel. To where? I went to Bethel. Bethel. Well, that, is that the... Uh, yeah, society. Uh-huh. I went there. It was pretty fun. Checked out New York. Uh, the first day I was in New York, it took us from JFK to Brooklyn. It took us like seven hours. To drive? Because I had a goal. It took me initially to two hours to get there. But my one of my sisters, I don't know if you remember her as D. Mm-hmm. She she was procrastinating into getting her tickets. So she, she was like two hours delayed mm-hmm. in her plane ticket. So I had to go to the go to the hotel, check in, immediately start driving back to JFK because uh, the moment I'll be arriving in JFK is when they were landing from California. So the first day uh, I was on the road for like six, seven hours. And then on the way back from JFK, I got sideswiped. Oh, man. So luckily I had full insurance, full everything, but I pulled over. I I waved to the guy to come over. Like, oh, get get the insurance. He's like, no. No, bye. And I was like, "What? Is it that bad?" And apparently, it's like if the if people get in fender benders and you can still run the car, it's just uh, aesthetics. They'll just leave the scene. I called the cop. 
like he was like maybe a block over. I called him. He's like, hey, uh, I need you to run a report for my my rental. He's like, oh, well, that sucks. Welcome to New York. And he just walked away. <laughs> Seriously? Yep. I couldn't even get a report for my rental rental agreement. So I was like, I'm like, is it is it plastered on my face that I'm from California or is it just New York? And well, so the the cop didn't see your ID or anything, saying that you're from Nothing. California. Nothing. He just looked at the van, looked at the damage. It was just superficial. The guy that hit me got more of the damage. Mm-hmm. He didn't stick around. He's like, "Well, welcome to New York. That's that's pretty much a daily around here." He just walked wow. away. Wow, that's insane. And over here in California, the cops pull over if they, if you're on the side of the road, like because you might there might be something wrong with the car or something, and they pull over and try to help you out. Not even he didn't even bother to to check anything. He's like, yeah. He just walked away, and I was like, that started my trip like in a in a <laughs> way. Like I'm already an asshole as it is. Or let's get uh, <laughs> complex, a cantankerous man. Yeah. So I started bad, and then we started doing trips, and uh, we we're only supposed to be like 15 people, and it ended up being 40. With like three or four newborns, I'm like, who brings a newborn to New York? <laughs> well, it's it's funny though because I I can't remember who I was talking to the other day about it. It's like in New York in the movies and stuff like that, you see just only adults. You never really see kids around. Never kids in the streets. No kids in the apartment. Like I mean, the apartments, yes, but like you don't really see babies in the streets of New York. So it's surprising that you saw a kid over there too. Well, it was it was part of our group that went to, it went to the society, mm-hmm. and I was like, and then we had, uh, we had an itinerary that was thrown out the window. People were be, like, we would go to, um, we went to go see the, we went to go see the bull, the stock exchange bull that, that's down in New York, and uh, I turned around and everyone in my group just disappeared. Like they went to go, and, they went to go do their own thing or what? To go do their own thing. Some jumped on the ferry to go see the the Statue of Liberty. Some others went, and like our schedule was like in New York, it was it was packed like almost within an hour's worth. You didn't have an hour of free time, so I was I was put in charge to wrangle people. <laughs> the 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 friend that invited me was also wrangling people. Yeah, and some other some other brother was wrangling people, and I was like. The second day, I just stopped. I would just stop caring. I'm like, I would text the brother, like, "We're gone. Find your way. Bye. No way for me. Like, you shouldn't have left the group. Peace out." And they they come back all mad and uh, I'm like, dude, they told you almost six months ago, stick to the plan. And then f- first thing that happens is everyone goes and does their own thing. I'm like, I ain't your daddy. I ain't your mother. Figure it out. Oh, that's too funny, man. How big was the group? Like you said, so there's two other people helping you wrangle them up on the first day. And it was like 35 people. 35? And uh, out of those, I think a good a good 12 were kids under under seven. That just sounds like a tough time, man. Like, I wouldn't be able to do that. Like, if I was, I, I would never be able to stay in charge of that. It was just a big waste of time because I, I just couldn't even enjoy it because I, like, they would say, relax, chill out. I'm like, dude, you guys don't understand. And I was like, dude, we're like, when you get stressed out to the point, like you forget that you're supposed to be nice. I'm like, you guys are assholes. You're all selfish little Fs. They go, we have a plan. We have a thing. We're supposed to be here because 
all of you wanted and accepted to follow the rules mm -hmm. and you guys are leaving so i'm not gonna be nice anymore yeah so and then, <laughs> that's a, just an overall new york terrible experience except for the no, was it the pudding <laughs> what except for the pudding or the the poutine poutine no that was in, that was in canada yeah So when uh, we were in New York for three days, mm -hmm. and those were the most stressful days of my uh, ever. And then it was like we all got rental cars, so it was like six or seven rental cars, and um, it was uh, me and the guy that invited me that made the whole trip. We were doing around eighty to ninety, mm -hmm. just trying to get to Canada because our hotel, uh, we had to get to a certain time frame to check in, or else they're going to charge us an extra day. Yeah. So we took off. The people with us, they stopped, sightsee, this, that, the other. And we're like, we told them, if we don't get there by midnight, they're going to charge us an extra day. So they didn't believe us. They started showing up at three, four, five in the morning. And uh, automatically, they got charged an extra day. And we were only there in Canada for two days. So they paid three days. Hmm. So it, it was just stressful. That whole trip was just, I'm, I'm never going to travel with people, 30 people ever again, even if it's my family. I mean, so that. I mean, 30-something people, it's just, that's too much, man. I mean, that's a field, I mean, do you remember going to field trips in high school? Like, yeah. how 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 stressed were the teachers back then? Like, I'm sure they were feeling the same way because every kid wants to do something, you know? Well, yeah, but the thing is, with the kids, you're more responsible. With adults, I could just tell them, like, look, you started getting your, ki your kid drawn, like, you know those uh, stenciled-in paintings? <laughs> that takes time. And, and I like I went up to the brother like, um, what are you doing? Oh, I'm getting my granddaughter a stenciled painting with all pen, all the pencil, and he, the the artist had the outline. It was really nice. I'm like, that's not gonna take 20 minutes. Oh, he's almost done. And I t I talked to the the artist. I'm like, how long does it usually take you to finish a picture? Well, about two hours. I'm like, well, <laughs> I, I told the I told the brother like, well, I'll see you because we're leaving now. Oh wait, no, no, nope, gone. And I just started walking away. So I, I, who put you in, I mean, just out of curiosity, who put you in charge? Like, did somebody go here, you have to wrangle them up? Or like, did you volunteer and didn't think that it was going to be like that? Because Well, the I, thing is, my natural, my natural inclination is to be, what's it called? What would it be? My natural inclination is to be an asshole. So they wanted me to, to wrangle them in. Oh, so they, they, they thought you had the like chops to like be mean to them. It's like, nope, you're not getting that stencil. Nope, you're not getting that. You're not. Well, I told him, like, look, uh huh, yeah. I told him, you're gone. Bye. And uh, after the second day, they started like they started paying attention. Like when I said something, they were starting to follow me because uh, like I'm leaving you. I don't care how many trains <laughs> it takes you to get there. Yeah. One family said it took them close to three hours to travel four, four or five blocks because they kept getting on the wrong train. <laughs> And I was like, oh, you should have followed us. Yeah. I tell you, we're gone. I'm not. I'm not holding your hands. But uh. I've always been known to be more of a serious person. That's why they chose me. But that trip was ruined. It was like four or five grand down the down the drain, man. It was just... And then to top it all off, my sister, uh, she got some car. She got the van. She got with me with a van and my other sister. So I go and charge her at the end of the trip. I'm like, look, because you got the baby seats, because you refused to buy some to bring on the on the trip, Uh, baby seats are $13 a day. And she's like, well, I didn't know that. Like, I told you a year ago, they're $13 a day. So your side of the of the rental is $800. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, me and my sister were $172. He's like, well, why are you charging my other sister $172? Because she doesn't have babies, stupid. And the baby seats are $13, $13 a day. And we were there for two, two, uh, two and a half weeks. Okay. And she didn't have money. Like, she had 20 bucks and no money for a cab fare. So I got shafted with that. And I had to give her money for the cab to get a JFK. Because her flight was earlier than us. Well, if if you so you guys you guys flew out there from California, right? Yeah, LAX. LAX, uh, and then you you said your sister was two hours behind. You had to go back and pick her up from the you know you go to the hotel. And her flight was two earlier than us, so yeah. Uh, oh, then, so another another seven hours prior, or you guys just got there really really early for your own flight too. I don't know what time how the timing worked, but we landed in LAX midnight. Uh huh. Because you're losing. You're gaining two and a half hours when you go to New York, and you're losing two two and a half hours coming back. So you kind of leave and come at the same hours. Isn't that weird though? Like, if you get on a plane and you're going with like the sun, you know, it's six o'clock over there, and then you, you're flying, you know, west, and you land at LAX. It's still six o'clock. Isn't that weird? Like you're following the sun, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing, but it's. I liked it because I got to see the sunset and sunrise at the same time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then I come back, and I was like, uh, I'm on my sister and my brother-in-law to get get that money. It was like eight, almost a grand. Mm-hmm. So, unbeknownst to me, that this fool was starting to get into starting to get into some drug habits. So, he was uh, spending almost all his checks the moment he was getting it. Yeah. Wait, so you're... T- you you paid for everybody or for a few people and then they said they're gonna pay you back and then they didn't. Well, the the plan was me and my sister. That was it. Yeah, we weren't gonna go with anyone else. It was just gonna be the van. The rental van was gonna be me, and my sister, the one that's a old, year older than me, uh-huh. and then my sister that had the kids. At the last minute, wanted wanted to go. I don't know how they managed to find tickets even cheaper than ours. But they still did everything wrong possible. They got the baby car seats for so much money instead of buying them. Uh, they like it, within the week and a half, like the first week, they're out of money. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this, and like, and then I started noticing that they wouldn't buy any food. They wouldn't buy any food. They wouldn't buy any food because when we stopped to eat, I'm like, oh, dude, why are you guys not eating? They got, I know, I know for a fact that my brother-in-law eats like a freaking savage. <laughs> And he wasn't eating anything. He's like, no, I'm not hungry. Like, why are you not eating? I know for a fact that you eat. Oh, we don't have any more money. I'm like, well, you guys are dumbasses. You come to New York knowing it's expensive. A plate of food is like 15 bucks. No, no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta bring, you know, your savings over there. I remember when I went to, uh, to uh, Oklahoma City for this group thing. I went with uh, Jose Castro and his family. For oh yeah, back back in the day, and uh, I, yeah, yeah. But the thing was, like, I was like still living paycheck to paycheck, so I, I'm surprised. It's weird. Like, there's so many times where, like, I think about the past, like, oh my god, I can't believe I did that when I had this little money, and I'm like, how did you know? How did I get back? You know, not starving or something. You know, and they also did. They also offered to pay for for my stuff too, like for food at least. But I was just like. Sweet Jesus, like, there's a lot of, like, moments like this where I think back and I'm just like, 
how did we survive, you know, <laughs> paycheck to paycheck? Because when you live in California, and I'm assuming you, you, you remember how expensive it was now that you're in Washington, but, like, well, it's, uh, every, it's, every, every, everything's expensive. Going downtown yeah. Paso, it's like you're spending 20 bucks just for yourself. <laughs> well, it's like all my life in California, I was always in debt because I was forced to bail family members out because of my mom. My mom had this, I want to save the little broken shits. Because uh, the ones that are doing better should bail the ones that are doing bad. So I was always accruing debt from my family because of the Mexican guilt that what are they going to say? Because two of your f- brothers are all almost close to being in the streets. Oh, my God. And I would get it. Sorry for the language, but I would get into fights with my mom. Like, fuck them. They chose their life. They chose their partner. They're not making good money choices. Fuck them. But since they can't, they couldn't leave their kids alone. I got dragged along because I had that Mexican mentality of uh, being got, you, some yeah, you got to help out kind of thing. Like that's like, I help finally out. started getting uh huh. Yep, exactly. Help out because uh, who's what are they gonna think mentality? Yeah, I think and, I think that's a big problem with a lot of families. Like you know, even now, <clears throat> it's like they they kind of sort of expect you to help once you have a leg up. And you know you're you're looked at as like not a, a real not a real family member if you don't help out. But at the end of the day, it's 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 what I was saying earlier. It's like they they'll survive one way or another, whether they get your help or not. So you know, yeah, at, at some point, at some point, you just cut them off and then be like, all right, this I'm going to help you. There's a job over here. <laughs> There's a job over here. Yep. Those are your options. <laughs> The, the the thing that really started bugging me was my mom got sick of cancer and ultimately passed away. But mm-hmm. um, she took my brother's, my meth head brother's kids and uh, she wanted me to take custody of them. And I was like, fuck that. Not my responsibility. And she would cry. She would try to finagle my way into taking custody of those kids. I'm like, I'm not going to get tied down to kids that are not mine. Mm-hmm. They're my nephews. I understand them. I love them, but they're not mine. I'm not going to get tied down to these little shits. And then I was like, oh, I told my mom, I was like, nope, there's time to let the courts take them. That's the one way I see that my brother's going to get sober and work harder to get his kids. My mom takes the kids, gets custody. What does my brother do? He's just chills. Doesn't want to do anything because mom has them. Yeah, but that's not, you know. That's not something you should beat yourself up for. Like that's it. that's other people's decisions, man. You can... Yeah, the thing is, is the the mentality of you need to help your brother. And yeah. She wanted because my mom was starting to realize she was losing the battle, and she wanted mm. me to become the legal guardian. Mm. I was like, I'm not gonna be a legal guardian. And what, I was what, like, what what did you say uh, other than you know you obviously don't want to be responsible? Did you say? you don't feel like you're responsible enough or like, or it's just period. Like you don't want to take care of something. I told her I didn't fuck the girl. I didn't make the babies. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to post this podcast. now, <laughs> But it's funny. No, you can post it. Just bleep out the F words. I'll try to keep them down. I'm still learning how to bleep things out. Cause I put, yeah. I put explicit and not for kids. <laughs> just post, post it like that. Explicit, not for kids, because this story is going to get wilder as it goes. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, I, it's pretty interesting already. I mean, I mean, you go to you go to New York and you're having a tough time from the big to begin with, and the cop doesn't give you the day, you know, the time of day, the time of day, 
and then your family does doesn't care like you were put in charge and they don't want to you know listen to you until you know second third day and then your, your family keeps you in that they want you to take a more responsibility you moved away to washington probably to not have to deal with all this stuff anymore i'm assuming right yeah that's pretty much it because i would get i came back to new york i didn't have a job because mm-hmm. i had a, a supposedly a job lined up with one of my cousins and from hayward mm-hmm. he's like well it's gonna be like 20 bucks an hour it's gonna be construction it's gonna be this it's gonna be that on the flight prior to getting on the flight my cousin's like you need to at the moment you land you need to get here in hayward because uh, the other company is tired of waiting for you. I'm like, dude, I told you I'll be gone for two weeks in New York. And they said, you said, they said it was okay. But yeah, but they're getting tired. They need someone. I'm like, okay. Uh, you need to you need to get here before 7 o'clock to, uh, tomorrow morning. So it was a Sunday I was driving back. I was flying back. I'm like, oh, okay, this is how it works. I'm going to take a flight. There's going to be a six and a half hour flight. I'm going to land at midnight in LAX. I need to drive to Pastor Obos, three and a half hours. What time frame is that? Three. I get my stuff because I'm moving, technically. Everything, five o'clock. I start driving. From Paso to Hayward, I'll be there at 10 o'clock. How is that going to work? Well, you need to make it here before seven. I'm like, oh, man, you, I just quit a job because of, oh, my gosh. And I was like, you know what, dude? F you. I'm, I'm, I'm done with you. And then the... And then I was like, oh, I'm done with you. And I was like, oh, yeah, but I got you this job. I'm like, dude, it doesn't sound like you got me the job. It's just you got me a recommendation, and they're getting tired of it. And then I, the, 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 the deeper I dug is like, this dude didn't have a place to live. He was already getting kicked out from uh, an uncle of mine because they were tired of his shenanigans. He would get drunk. I didn't know this. Doesn't pay taxes. I didn't know this. D- can't have anything under his name. Because he doesn't have an IT number or doesn't have a social. So he wanted me to move out there to li- literally get an apartment for him. Uh, lease an apartment, yada, yada. So I was like, you know what, dude? Okay, I'm done. So he starts having a conniption fit. And I was like, dude, I lost a really good job that I was a manager in for you giving me lies. I think this is deserved. And then that's when the, the that's when uh, he dropped off. And he, I think he lost his, his job for close to two years because the, that job couldn't keep paying him cash anymore because yeah. uh, he he refused to do any kind of IT number. So he got let go because of that, too. So I was like, I, I was thinking, OK, if I would have moved out there, I would have been homeless within the month because I would have had to drop massive amounts of money for the, the lease. Mm-hmm. Hayward, all that stuff. I'm like, all right. It was just a life telling me it's not a good idea. So I was like, all right, cool. I go get a job back at Applied Technologies. Or maybe I shouldn't even say the name. <laughs> back to my old job. <laughs> I mean, you've been name dropping since the beginning, so I'm not sure. <laughs> Whatever. So let's just name drop it because it's, it's, it's a true story. Nothing made up. It's going to sound insane. The further down I get the rabbit hole, but it's a true story. I'm 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 at the point at the beginning of this is like full disclosure. I, I did not know this is gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, prior to that, prior to applied technologies, yeah. I I'm starting to talk to this one guy that's mm-hmm. in our truth, and he's telling me he's makes certain amount of money and he wants to uh, help her. He can pay me 
he can pay me and make me a a, a, a co-owner. So I was like, all right, I might want to do that because I'm tired of just getting a daily job, just being someone's someone's uh, lackey. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go. So I move out after my mom passes. Like, I think a week after my mom passes, I move out. I go to slow. Uh, the first month is okay. The dude's kind of chill. I got, I'm, I'm going to meetings. I'm all, I'm all jacked up. So I go to meetings in English. I used to go to Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a month into it, uh, he starts thinking about getting a wolf. He starts complaining about this homeless lady has a wolf. And this wolf and this wolf. And I'm like, dude, just relax. If, if that wolf is supposed to be yours, it's going to be yours. And uh, keep in mind, obviously your listeners or you don't know this, is uh, he used to have 12, 12 to 13 wolves. So he knows what he's doing. I don't. So I'm like, whatever. That wolf will probably never be in the picture. Uh, I think second month, halfway through second month, uh, I'm already eating hot Cheetos and uh, cup of noodles because he's not paying me, right? Mm-hmm. He wants to he wants to pay me from the checks that are coming in, not the money that he has. So I'm already about a thousand and some in debt. So I'm already starting to see this as a bad choice. He brings in the wolf. The wolf gets quarantined because he bit someone. <laughs> so I don't know if you remember in Paso Robles, this lady from the wolf sanctuary uh-huh. got her leg bitten off, right? No, I never I never heard about that. No. Okay, so if if you want to go and check it online, it's this lady from Paso Robles Wolf Sanctuary. Uh, her leg got completely bitten off from the shin down. So I had this in my mind, and this dude gets a wolf. I'm like, oh, man. So I started getting stressed. And then the, the sheriff sheriff deputy comes and says, okay, this wolf needs to be in house quarantine for 10 days. It cannot leave the house. So I'm the new guy. I'm barely learning how the work the job is. So he's like, I, I'm sorry, but you're not to take care of this wolf. I'm like, well, I don't think you realize I don't have any training for this wolf. And he's like, well, you're not to sit with him and just make him relax. I'm like, I don't think you realize how how stressed I am. This wolf is like stressing me out because of the story so first night comes around and we start working around two in the morning so it should be technically in the morning so i sit down with a wolf with a leash in the backyard where he lives he the wolf hears a truck turn on i've never seen an animal destroy a fence faster than that stupid wolf he obliterated a fence and i i just couldn't stop him because i was that much that that much into uh fear so i finally snap out of it and start yelling at him the wolf kind of chills out because I was like, the wolf's used to being with someone that's dominant and I'm scared. He's scared. So we don't know who's dominant. I don't have any training. So obviously I'm going to get my ass bit. <laughs> so whatever. That first night comes, the dude comes back and he's like, what happened? I'm like, dude, you gave me no training whatsoever. You leave. The wolf knows you. He doesn't know who I am. Well, you're not to make him trust you. I'm like, oh, gosh, darn it. So I was like, okay. The second night, third night starts to be more relaxed because he starts getting used to it, of uh, being away from the dude. So I, now I'm getting more more relaxed because I, I start seeing that when I'm more afraid, the wolf starts snarling at me. So I force myself. I kind of create this little chant, like it's all going to be okay. It's yeah. all going to be okay. But it's not for the stupid wolf. It's for me. And while I'm petting this wolf and he's like kind of snarling or, or cuddled up on my legs, so one night, one morning, I finally fall asleep. Like, I'm that stressed out that I fall asleep. I forget I have the wolf with me. 
and the wolf falls asleep on top of me. From that night on, the, that that situation with the wolf like relaxed. But then the other dude started having trouble because he was gone all the time. Mm-hmm. So the wolf was like, "Who are you now?" <clears throat> so we started having trouble. The wolf started biting him, like not massive bites, but like nips. So he, the dude started having resentment towards me. And I was like, well, dude, I don't know what you want. You're leaving me with a wolf 24-7 taking care of something I didn't want. I'm already given mind that he's not paying me money. I, I, I literally have to go to a food bank to get food right now. That's how bad of a choice it was. I, I was only down there for three months. And then I moved back up to Paso. So um, we, do a, we do work in downtown San Luis, cleaning up the, the grease from barbecues. Do you know the McClintocks and all that, right? Yeah. So one night, he starts taking the wolf out during quarantine. And I'm like, dude, we can get a massive ticket if we take this wolf out. He's like, I don't care. I can't have you uh, uh, bonding with this wolf anymore. He needs to see me. And I was like, all right, whatever. So we start taking this wolf out. And the wolf starts freaking out because it's an enclosed truck. Starts getting angry because he can't go outside. So he starts chewing up the, the leather, starts chewing up the work truck. And the guy wants me to take care of the wolf. And I'm like, I have no training whatsoever. Uh, you don't trust me to do the work. This is what's happening. So just get over it. One night he just gets mad because his truck's destroyed. He's like, go walk the wolf. I'm like, all right. This is Friday after Farmer's Market. Mm-hmm. So this is like the ultimate idea for bad a bad recipe i go walk the wolf i don't have any training on it the wolf starts growling at certain homeless people maybe because it got treated bad from from them and then uh, i'm not paying attention wolf picks up a rib from mcclintock's like maybe a, a block away from mcclintock's i'm forgetting who who i'm walking who the the animal i'm walking i think it's just a, a husky i go i go to pick up this rib, the wolf snaps on snaps on me. Like he didn't bite me because he had the rib on his jaw, but it snaps. So I'm like, okay, that's weird. I go and pick it up again. He and then he drops it and tries to snap my tries to get my my hand. And all the stress from like two years of my mom being tired, sick, uh, all the stress from my family members wanting money from me and like They'll call me up and say, I need your credit card. Not please, not I'll pay you back later. I just need it. Uh, all this time that I had pent up, I just took it out on this wolf because he almost bit my hand. And if this wolf wanted to, he could have easily hurt me or killed me. But it didn't know better because it was never around another wolf. So I start slugging the wolf like full on hard sucker punches to the wolf's skull. And this wolf is not even flinching. It's not even hurting the wolf. That's how strong this stupid wolf is. I'm beating it, yelling at it. I'm just showing showing aggression towards it because it showed aggression towards it, towards me. So I go nuts on this wolf. I beat it up. I kick it a couple times. Uh, that was probably a bad idea, but I was that stressed. And the wolf doesn't even get hurt. Just walks away from me. I had like a six-foot leash walks away from me sits down he's like okay i'm sorry i didn't realize you were the boss and sits down i walk him around not hurt a month later not hurt this wolf was is strong so if any animals lovers there 
saying that I beat up a wolf, this wolf could have easily killed me. Like, it didn't feel anything. It just needed to know who the boss is. And I didn't know how to give him that uh, knowledge that I was the boss. So I just dumped everything into this wolf. And after that, the wolf trusted me explicitly because now he knew the pecking order. I didn't know that at the time. They need, the wolves need uh, structure. So now I was the boss because I beat the crap out of it. But technically, he could have killed me. To leave that to leave that to the animal lovers. No. And then uh, once I come back, the wolf uh, is following me around this, that, the other, and now he starts even more attacking the other guy. So I I finally just decide, you know what? I've had too much. The other guy starts to try to tiger king me. He's starting to say that uh, I'm gonna get like six or seven more wolves, and I'm gonna get a sanctuary, and you're gonna be you're gonna be there. You're gonna take care of the wolves. I'm like, I ain't you. I ain't your woman, dude. I ain't going to be there taking care of the wolves. This is like, this is before Tiger King came out. And I was like, well, I'm not taking care of these animals. That wasn't my, ch- my wish. Yeah. But you're going to help me take care of these animals. And then I was like, you know what, dude, I can't do this anymore. And I just grab my stuff and leave. So when you, when you saw, t- I'm assuming you saw Tiger, the Tiger King on Netflix. Yeah, I saw the Tiger King. So you had a lot of flashbacks on how that guy was treating I had you. a lot of flashbacks. It was like, <laughs> That's insane. He wanted me to literally stop working with him, and he's gonna he's gonna have me take care of the wolves, living at a ranch. I'm like, oh, this sounds like a a, <laughs> a quick setup for a gay ranch situation, and I'm playing that game. And he's like, oh, and then he stopped paying me altogether because he was like, he was starting to get, he's starting to have problems with his booking person. So I was like, dude, oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, to this day, he still owes me two months of of pay, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna grab my stuff. I got a paycheck. That was supposed to be paid two months ago, two months prior. So I waited two, two to three days, waited for the check to clear. Once I saw the check cleared, uh, I went to work the next day. Uh, I did the job. Uh, I went home. I told him I had to take care of something. I cleaned everything out. I was living in San Luis, uh, mobile home, Silver Lake or Silverwood or whatever, Silver. Just name drop some more. And uh, I just picked up everything and left. And uh, the next day, he started threatening my life, this, that, the other. And I was like, I didn't ever answer him ever again. Because he just turned out to be this... Uh, the more I hung out with him, the more I talked to him. And he's like, meth head, uh, uh, antisocial, quick to anger. Uh, he was very... He was more of a cantankerous person than me. Like, anything that you said that was against his thought process, he would just explode. Just a, like imagine a Mexican dad, pretty much. He would explode, and I was like, "Dude, well, I started seeing." Well, ex- explain a little bit about the Mexican dad. Like, what do you mean, Mexican dad? Like, let's say you ask him a question. He's like, he sees that as uh, challenging authority. Uh-huh. So I, I would ask him a question, and he would just explode. Like, don't ever question me again. Like, okay, if okay. I don't ask questions, I don't learn anything. Mm-hmm. And then he would like lose his mind, come back. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I used to be on math. I'm like, what the F, dude? <laughs> well, and, uh, you know, people and coming from the Mexican family, you know, same here. It's like when we 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 stay away from asking so many questions to our parents because, you know, they, they should be the old knowing when we're kids. They should know all the answers, tech, you know, in our mind, you know, so we ask them. But at some point, you know, we get older and all of a sudden, like, they get tired of us asking questions. And instead of, like, redirecting that question to somebody else who might know it, 
There's just because I said so. Yeah, it's because I said so. <laughs> it's it's funny because like I I grew up like that too. I mean, it doesn't mean like they're bad people. I'm just saying like they just didn't have all the answers, and it just pil- yeah, it, it just piled up. But it's funny that you mentioned the Mexican dad situation because that's I'm sure that's how it that's what it came up with. Yeah. Like, um and I I and I also saw like a very very scary. I saw a very I I realized a very what would it be I. I did a realization, realization, words. Mm-hmm. I realized that I was becoming that, that person. Yeah. Cause I was getting very short tempered. I was always quick to anger. I was always this, that, the other. So being, being over in San Luis for two months really helped me realize that I was becoming him. I was becoming <laughs> an angry person. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, dude, I'm done. Uh, I'm going to take this loss, educate myself and leave. And uh, then I got a, a job back in my old company, which I name dropped earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a job, and the moment I got a job, I got an offer from my cousin to move up to Washington. Yeah. So I've been in California since uh, since 1999. So I was like, all right, cool. Uh, I got a job in Washington. I might consider it. So it was six months time prior. So I, I milked that job. I, I worked. Obviously, I wasn't slacking off. And then one day, my cousin calls me like, dude, work's getting, uh, work's coming on faster than I thought. I need you. It was a, uh, it was a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like, I need you. I need you Monday. And I started looking at the time differences for a drive, and it was like an 18-hour drive. I'm like, dang, I need to leave. I need to leave now, like Saturday yeah. midday. I, like, I need to pack my stuff. Luckily, I didn't have a lot. I left a few things furniture-wise to my family in California. Like, I need to pack my stuff. And so I packed everything. Uh, I already had a little bit of a savings, everything like that. Kind of felt jacked up that I was going to leave the job again a second time. But I was like, you know what? If I stay in California, I've had, I've had like a, uh, all this time frame. I had like a $2,000 debt I could never pay off because I would pay $100 on the debt. And then I would get charged $80 on interest because I didn't pay the whole debt off. So I'm paying, what, 80 90 20 bucks of principal and like 80 bucks of uh, interest or whatever the math comes out to. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to take I'm going to take off because I couldn't pay off that debt. It was just stupid, stupid amounts of debt. And I was only $2,000 in debt. I've heard of more people in debt for like 20 35,000. So but I was drowning. Uh, everyone's in their own little world. So my cousin hits me up Saturday midday. You need to come now cuz you need to at least have one day to relax and de-stress from the the drive. So I take off midday. Don't tell anyone. All my friends and family are in a the an assembly for the our truth. So I avoided that going away party with all that fakeness of, oh, I'm going to miss you. Like, dude, I've been here 30 years. You haven't even talked to me since. I, I just didn't want to deal with that fakeness. So I was like, all right, I'm going to just take, I'm going to take off. I sent a few messages to my closest friends, which were a few. And I just took off midday. And I drove from midday all the way to Portland, Oregon uh, that same day. And uh, I sold my little Honda Accord that I had, you know, the blue one. Yeah. Got myself a diesel. On uh, I drove, and then I had a, a mini meltdown on the way up here. 
because of uh, I felt like I was abandoning people. I felt the stress of not knowing what's going to happen. Uh, I just had a little mini meltdown. I'm not afraid to say it because I, I just didn't know what it, what, it, what it was. Just recently lost my mom, but I just I knew I needed to get out of California. So that drive, uh, I think I drove close to 10 hours without realizing I needed to stop for anything. Obviously, I stopped for gas, but I didn't stop for food. I didn't stop for anything. I just drove because it was tail end of winter last last year, 2019. Mm-hmm. 19, yeah. Tail end of winter. So I, there's still snow on the, on the road, and I didn't know how to drive. So what I ended up doing was there's time frames where there were salt trucks. So I would follow them a quarter mile behind, and I would just ride on the salt. Because I didn't know, I didn't know how to drive on the snow. So the salt trucks like drive periodically, like every day, or they're dr- they're. Uh, it was snowing uh, continuously. It wasn't very thick snow, but it was cold enough. Yeah, that it would cause some trouble. So I would I would come across a salt truck every hour or so, mm-hmm. and I would ride behind the truck for more stability. Like if the truck's out right now, that means the roads. The roads for the next few miles are going to be jacked up. Right. So I'm, I'm going to ride the salt truck for a bit, and you get extra grip. You can feel it. So I get to Portland, and it's like around four in the afternoon, four in the morning, Sunday. Four in the morning, Sunday. So midday Saturday, and then four in the morning Sunday. I I love this truck now because at the time frame I drove that truck, I had it for a month. Uh, turbo went out on it. I had to spend money to pl- replace the turbo. Uh, the turbo blew blew into the engine, so I had to take apart the engine to figure out if the engine was salvable mm-hmm. or salvageable or whatever the word is. Uh, so I checked everything, and I had this little nervousness that can the engine uh, withhold. Uh, but since I never drove in a diesel, I was that much nervous too. So now that I drove all the way to Portland, Oregon, I got a hotel and I was like, dude, I just need a hotel for like two or three hours. I just can't drive anymore because I'm uh, finally the the exhaustion of the trip took a hold. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can you can crash, but we're not to charge you a whole day. I was like, what? I'm only going to sleep four hours. Like, it doesn't matter. You're going to still dirty the room. Like, ah, gosh, darn it. Yeah, hotels are hotels. And I was like, dude, and, and uh, there is a place, uh, Motel 6, that would charge me by the hour, but all my stuff is in the truck. Uh, my computer, everything. My diploma, my U.S. citizenship, my visa, everything. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to risk that. All my clothes, my rifle, uh, my guns. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. $200 for two and a half hours, three hours. And I was like, dude, I just can't go anymore. I just took the bullet. So I slept there in Portland, Oregon. And then I drove... I think five in the morning. No, four, four, five, six. I think my time frames are off, but I got there around like two in the morning. Correction, and then I got up at around six or seven in the afternoon, in the morning, mm-hmm. and then I drove to Kennewick, which was two hours. Uh, it's two hours and a half. So I got here around ten in the morning, something like that. Got here, thousand dollars in my pocket. That's it. That's all I had. $1,000. I was stressed out. I got here. Asked my cousin how much he was going to charge me for rent. He's like, don't trip. The first few months, I'm not going to charge you rent because 
already know what you're going through. Just make sure that you you can handle the jobs that are going to come up. There you go. You're looking kind of chubby, so I don't know if you can, but because <laughs> I was like, I think I was uh, 285 or 290 when I when I moved up to Washington. So the first job I ever did was concrete. We broke up a uh, a driveway, and uh, I think my first my first pay for that week was a thousand dollars, and I was like, all right, it's gonna hurt, but I think I can manage up here. And uh, I've been I've been up here in Washington since. Paid off all my debt that first year. Um, I think I was like two thousand dollars in debt. I started earning a lot of money. Obviously, since I moved, I had to buy more stuff. I had to buy winter clothing, but. I wouldn't consider going back to California ever again. It's expensive. It's 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 tough to live down here. Even even now, I'm just like, I don't know if things are gonna change because you know, with I don't know how you guys are doing it down there with all this not working stuff. Well, I got. I mean, we got money saved up. We we actually moved in with uh, the in laws for now. Um, well, yeah, that's a good move. You know, because they had the, the they had two spare rooms and we took one of them and Sophia's in it with the you know. She's here with us. And um, it's just easier right now. I'd rather do that than to tell the renter, you know, the whoever I'm renting from, like, hey, I can't pay rent just to save the money. And right now we can't be evicted. But I, I think that's coming up to where it's ending, where they, it's, you're gonna, yeah. you still owe the months that you were there. So I don't know how people are going to come up with the extra money or, you know, because nobody, honestly, there's a lot of people out there that, they got that six hundred on top of whatever unemployment they were getting. Nobody saved anything. Like I, I, there's a few people that I know, you know, and it sucks because like that was the whole point is to save that money to pay for the important stuff. But you know, nobody, the people, no one got, saved it. The people that I know of, you know, you know, a few of them did. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that I, I don't know anybody who did. But there's definitely a lot of people who kind of just messed around with the money. Oh yeah, there's um, which sucks. Tab- well, that see that. Oh, it's just free money. Like you, they don't realize. Okay, they're gonna still charge you that money. They took it out of your social security. Yeah. That money's that that money's from you. Yeah, it's not the government just minting new money. The government is taking money from your social or your retirement and giving it to you. I don't know how it works. People don't get mad. Whatever. <laughs> well, uh, from my my understanding is unemployment is from your social, but the extra money that they're printing out like the 600 extra on top of it is it is printed money. It's like they're just printing money as they go trying to stimulate the economy, but at the same time if no one wants to work if, because they're getting Well, there's that and then on top of that if money is being printed out the value of the dollar just keeps going down and down and down mm-hmm. and then, it's like the after the world war yeah and um it's it's gonna be insane because the next you know whatever five to ten years are gonna be expensive for us because we have to pay all that back mm-hmm. uh it's just like yeah no it was it's been a crazy it's been a crazy life and then like backtracking i had a i had a girlfriend for uh my mom was sick i had the beginning of my mom's stages of being sick i got a girlfriend mm-hmm. not my brightest move because i was already stretched i was already stretched about uh my mom being sick so started getting this girlfriend started getting uh her coming over every weekend 
uh, wanting to hang out. And I was like, okay, I'm starting to like this situation. Uh, I want to talk to her about marriage. Uh, I was already talking about about marriage, but I've known I've known this sister. Uh, she was in the truth. I've known this person many many years. Mm-hmm. So I was already already knew what she wanted. Already knew her traits. Already knew her likes her her little quirks. So this time around, I was like, dude, it's gonna have to happen. So I start talking to her mom and her dad about marriage. And then she starts catching whiff of me talking to about the parents and asking the ring size. Mm-hmm. And this is me go- dating her on and off for close to seven years because she, she I never caught on that. Oh, wh- what about this, what I'm about to say? But she, oh, she was on and off with me. She kept just getting attention and leaving and was driving me insane. So I was like, this girl stopped me from coming to Washington two years earlier than what I wanted to. Because my cousin's been asking me to come to Washington for four and a half years. But the first two years were my fears of not being able to make it up here. And then the other two years were that girlfriend. She just wasted a lot of time and money. So when when she finally realized that I was getting serious, she's like, oh, she calls me up. First, she stops talking to me for about a week. And we're we're at the point where it's every day we, we call, we text, or or whatever but we don't we don't ever go a day without talking to each other yeah i already knew something was up so i was like okay this is not right i i think this is the end of the situation a week later she calls me and she over the phone i was like over the phone tells me oh i don't want to marry you i just wanted to date because i was bored and i was like what the f-? all right what did I tell you when I first asked you to be my girlfriend? Because this isn't the truth. Obviously, I'm not a saint, but this isn't the truth. So I told her, like, I'm looking to get married. I don't want to date you if you don't want to get married. And she told me yes. But I, And she gave me this line that, but I was bored, so I said yes. So now that you're getting serious, it's a no. I'm like, if I just did this to you, I would have been, I would have been excommunicated from the truth. That's how bad it is for the men. Yeah. So I just lost it. And I was like, dude, what did I just do? Because like, I'm thinking about everything's going well. And it was, it was superficially, it was going well. I didn't see any bad problems. But uh, over time, I started to realize she had this tendency of doing that, being bored and just getting boyfriends. So I was like, oh. and then she tells me this, this ultimate uh, backhanded compliment was, I really like you, and I want to. I want to be friends. If you want to keep dating, we can still keep dating. Like, what's the point? I'm never well, gonna have. Well, honestly, dude, I'm I'm happy for you that she did that because imagine if she, you guys did get married, and down the road she used that line. Oh, I don't want to be married anymore. I only did it because I was bored. You know, I only dated you because I was bored. I only married you because I was bored. I mean, you honestly, you you dodged the bullet there. Yeah, uh, but the thing is, yeah, it's a, definitely a bullet dodge. But I was like, she told me, uh, we can keep dating if you want. I'm like, what am I going to achieve from this? I'm going to get blue balls. I can't do anything. <laughs> you got to get marriage blue balls. <laughs> no, it's not even that. She's like, she told me she doesn't want to get married. But if I wanted to keep dating, we can keep dating. I'm like, dude, I want to marry you so you can be my woman. Mm-hmm. I don't think you realize what this means. 
That means a lot of things. It means Barney Short's situation that we can't go other than that name. And uh, and she's like, no, I don't want to get physical. Like, that's what I want. Like, maybe down the road, I want children. So you saying you want to continue dating is just saying, I pity you. So I'm going to I'm going to continue dating you. Like, no, forget you. So I come off of all that nonsense and I come up to Washington. And uh, it slowly start paying off debt. Uh, starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel. Right now, I'm sitting on a savings, uh, but it's kind of hard because I'm working on uh, construction for hourly, so mm-hmm. not a lot. But I'm, I have a job, like you're saying. Not a lot of people have a job. Yeah, and you're in Washington. You, I'm assuming taxes are lower over there, <laughs> not as Dude, high as here. It's not even a not even a joke. My truck is a diesel 2500 or 250 for the Ford owners. Um. And I was paying California about eight hundred dollars in tags, because it was a commercial truck. It was used for work and yada yada. Oh, so yeah. So every six months, eight hundred dollars, or however the tags work, or yearly or whatever. Mm-hmm. Up here, I'm paying one ninety in tags, and it's a, and it's a commercial truck. Yeah. Up here. I looked into getting a license for general contracting or getting a, I'm right now I'm currently thinking about electrical work. I'll get into that later. Um, in California, two years college, two years on the job training, two years, yada, yada. I think it's a, a total of six years that you have to go and you have to pay about like six and a half grand to get your license up here. You go to the, the, the labor and industries. You say, I want a license. This is my name. Pay the fee. Pay whatever amount you're in a whatever city you're gonna be in. Let's say you're gonna work in Slow AG, Arroyo Grande, Santa Maria. They're like, okay, uh, Slow five bucks, uh, Santa Maria thirty, so and so twenty, and and you get permission to work in those cities. I was like, what the heck is going up here? How is it that much easier to get a, a license, a general contractor's license, than in California? That's insane. Well, the, the the huge difference. I don't, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how California got so off track, dude. Politicians and whatnot, probably. There's a lot. There's a lot of things that like I'm not smart enough to know, or I'm not you know informed enough. But at some point, I gotta start looking into all stuff. Um, there's people moving to Washington, you know, that I know that moved to Washington to Seattle. There's people moving to Texas. That's the next next big state. Uh, my aunt, Car- my aunt Carolina, she moved to uh to uh, Tennessee a couple years ago or a year ago, whatever. And um, there's a lot of construction going on over there. So like you got all these other states, you know, construction because people are moving out of California. Yeah, so no they, joke. They need more homes. They need more business buildings, all that stuff. So like all these other states are like benefiting from them gaining this population. But you know, 15 years from now. You guys are going to be overcrowded too again. You know, we just we're 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 a growing population, and it's, there's no stopping us, man. We're gonna we're gonna crowd every single inch of this country. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna to get to a point where it's just a mass migration. Everyone, yeah. After a while, everyone's gonna forget how horrible and atrocious the California was, and they all move back. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because yeah. right now, right now, when I was in California, I kept seeing a lot of Texas. I kept seeing a lot of Texas. So I have friends from Texas 
they say Texas is cheaper if you have home from California somewhere else and buy there. But if you're there, it's like being in California. It's just uh, uh, it's just you can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So they move to, to, to better themselves. So they move to California. Then they get sick of California. They come up to Washington, Oregon. They get sick of Washington, Oregon. They go to Colorado and uh, wherever. It's just a massive circle that they do. Yeah, it's it's the same thing as uh, when it's winter, we want it to be summer. When it's summer, we want it to be winter. Yeah. So I looked up. I, the thing is, California is set up in a way that where it, it doesn't want you to progress. It wants you to stay still and keep voting a certain way. Not to get too political. That's as much as I'm going to get there. But it, it's like California is set in a way where it's buying its boats. Uh, up here, obviously, there's both parties, but you don't hear people being on welfare. You don't hear people being living because in California, I kept hearing people, we need to have more kids so we can get more help from the government. Like, yeah. what is that? You're just having a kid because you want a paycheck? Like, that kid's going to suffer. So, uh, up here, last year, I'm not going to say it's it's going to be for everyone. Because hmm. if you move, it's a hit it or miss it kind of situation. Uh, and it's not saying that it's all cherries and sunshine. But I moved up here last year with debt. In the first three months, I had enough money to pay off my debt and live a comfortable life. And then after, when summer summer officially ended, I think I had 10 grand in the bank. I've never had 10 grand in the bank. Ever. Mm-hmm. I've The most I've had was $800 and counting until the next paycheck. Well, when you, when you said... I mean, obviously, again, we're going back to California to be too expensive. But when you said like you had what two thousand dollars in debt, I know people. Who yeah. are, I know people who are ten, fifteen, twenty thousand, man. Like you had it good compared to them. But that's because like yeah. you were still kind of on the on the on the, you know, on the moderate side. Like you were like you weren't really going out partying and stuff like that. So that's why you weren't more in debt. You were more in debt because you know you let family members take a little bit of advantage of you. But then. You finally made that smart move and moved to Washington, and you know you got. Yeah, because I, I was, that's true. Because I was complaining, you don't realize how much you 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 single yourself out. Like woe is me kind of situation. Your your situation is harder than everyone else, because you kind of kind of put blinders on, like horse blinders on. I was I was drowning in two thousand dollars in debt, mm-hmm. and then one of my friends. He kept hearing me complain about $2,000. Like, I don't know what you're complaining about. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm $45,000 in personal debt and about 250000 on a house debt. So I don't know what you're complaining about. Like, if you want, I'll trade you debt. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, apparently, I'm not that bad off. <laughs> yeah, no. In, in, that's the one of the things, like, we, we constantly, you know, forget that the things can be worse, man. You know, we can't. Tomorrow we might not wake up for some crazy reason. You know, and yeah, I, so, I, I know that's a little bit more extreme, but the, that's the reality. Like tomorrow, we might not have food on the table because of how the way the economy is working right now. Because at some point, all the food is you know cut off. You know, that's why people were starting to buy all the freaking rice and pasta at the grocery stores. I'm like, seriously, guys, you guys don't. Yeah, you guys won't it, won't even cook this. It's just gonna stay in the pantry. Come on. There is a. <laughs> When things started to get heated up, uh, we 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 were already. I was already saving up food. I bought 
I would go to the store and buy packs of ramen, packs of, uh, I would buy canned soup. I think right now I have like 30 to 40 canned soups, 20 spams, like two or three cases of, uh, of, uh, uh noodles. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't used none of them. Like every now and then I'll remember I have canned food and I'll eat one just for the heck of it. But it's a good safeguard, but compared to other people that bought stupid amounts of of uh, of overbuying mm-hmm. it it got to the point where Costco was standing next to the water and having you say how many family members you have okay you're going to get one 32 pack of, of water that's all you get isn't that crazy like it took you know some uh some authority for us not to overbuy like or overstock or whatever like because we you know, the people, you know, I'm putting myself in the category uh, because, you know, we're all humans. But, like, we as people, like, didn't know the full extent of all this and, and how much we needed. Like, we just take things for granted. Oh, there's toilet You know, Ma, throw me the toilet paper. I'm out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> now it's like, Ma, I need shit. How much toilet paper do we have left? You know, it's like a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's why, you know, when we go crazy and authority figures step in, we, you know, we're like children. We like fight it back. You know, no, that's not fair. Blah, blah, blah. But like, dude, we put it on ourselves. <laughs> yeah. The thing we- is, it's like co- going back to, you don't know how, you don't know how real words, you don't know how much of a child the grownups are until a pandemic. Dude, that's the one thing I'm realizing more and more every day when I'm growing up, people don't have anything figured out. Yeah. And they're like 50. 55 they don't get they don't have shit together yet and, and that's because like people were like i don't know as kids we're told like you know grow up da, 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 you know all these little things but then you grow up and you're like wait 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 you don't have this shit figured out how much are you in debt like what you mean buying a house wasn't a good decision back when you were in your 30s what <laughs> and like all these things happen they're just like wow that that's why when you know when somebody tells me you should do this you should do that you should do this i'm like cool thanks you know, it goes one yeah. in one ear and not the other. I'm gonna do me. You know, I'm gonna do what's best for me and my family. That's my problem. Because when someone tells me you should do this, you should do that, my problem was like, "Hey, aren't you in crippling debt? Aren't you in this? Aren't <laughs> yeah. you in that?" I would attack someone because I uh, that that's where I was at my my mindset. Yeah. And I already had I had a situation in the in the Kingdom Hall that was bad because. I had a brother-in-law that was trying to get me denamed from being like a, a pastor's helper. Mm-hmm. Cause obviously you know what kind of truth I'm in. Um, and it, it was a lot of stress too. So I started getting very aggressive too. Uh, elders would come up to me like, Hey, I need you to do this. Like, I need you to figure it out yourself because I'm tired of fixing things for you. And they're like, Oh damn. <laughs> Cause I, I it got to the point where I was running, I was running a lot of things in the background and the elders were just chilling and I was doing a lot of things for them. And I just, I finally just went, I had a talk with a, with the, the CEO, the guy that's a, a, a little bit higher up. Yeah. And he's like, you know what, dude, it's not your responsibility. You're taking it as a responsibility. It was a responsibility that it was never yours, but you took it upon yourself because they weren't, they weren't teaching you anything. So you kind of made it your own problem. And I was like, yeah, we, 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 you know, there's certain things we put ourselves into and then 
we try to find ways out or reasons why like yeah no they they put this on me like the reality is we did it to ourselves a lot of the things that we can fix we did to ourselves and a a lot of those times it just takes a a, you know we just have to okay let's put things in perspective and then go from there instead of just i have to do this they they want me to do this don't assume those things yeah that was my mindset is like the thing is i didn't realize i was doing that until i talked to them and then the problem was they weren't using me. You won't. They weren't utilizing me in the in the meetings. Mm-hmm. So I felt I felt left out. So I finally had that realizes realizes realization, if that's even a word. <laughs> and um, uh, I just went, okay, you guys figure it out. And they would call me at two in the morning. I need you to do this. I'm like, not my responsibility. And hang up, and they start getting even more angry, more angry, more angry. And got to the point where I was like, you look, look, dude, I'm going to go talk to this person, the CEO. I'm going to tell him everything I know that you made me do. And things are going to change. Oh, no, you don't call him. Everything's going to change. I'm like, no, this is too late. So I called up the brother, tell him everything I did. I'm like, look, this is my fault, too, because I accepted these things. And these things I shouldn't have seen. I saw paperwork I shouldn't have seen. Obviously, it's not massive, uh, uh, Watergate kind of information, but uh, as a pastor's helper, you shouldn't have seen him. Yeah. Um, so the the elder comes and he's like, "Oh, okay, what's going on?" And I was like, "Okay, this is happening. This is happening." And I haven't been cordially greeted when I'm coming to the meetings for close to three years. And then the elder, the guy, he's like, "Oh, you've been doing what now?" And he's like, "Look." I understand it's my fault too because I accepted it. I I accept full responsibility. He's like, no, this is gonna end today. You're not in trouble, but what? And he just, I've never seen him physically because this guy is really happy-go-lucky. Mm-hmm. Never shows that anything gets to him. So the next day in meeting Sunday, he he stands next to me. He's like, everything's taken care of. You're not in trouble. Uh, you're not in trouble because you you did realize that you messed up. But uh, talking to other people and other uh, other members of the church, yeah, uh, it was not your it was not your fault. And so he stood next to me. I was like, okay, well, well I hope the brothers say hi to me because they haven't said hi to me in a while. I was like, oh no, that's one of their conditions. And uh, all six of them had to come up to me and say hey, hello. So. All churches are not perfect, uh, but the thing is, if you make yourself, if you dig yourself in a hole, no matter what church you're in, it's going to be your fault. Yeah. Yeah. So are you, um, so you moved up to Washington, you got some money saved up, Corona hit. Um, I'm assuming that, you know, put back some hours so you're not working, you know, a lot and stuff like that. Are you still living comfortably or are you are you worried again? Or are you still like well I have money saved up. I have I have let's say I don't know if my family members hear you. Do they hear you? Um if they if they wanted to, yeah they could. So it's up to you what you want to say. I, I shouldn't disclose how much I have then. <laughs> I have a good amount. I have. They don't have my number though. Well, ac- according to you, a year ago you had ten thousand in your bank. So let's do them. <laughs> let, let's just say I have half of that. Okay. 
<laughs> so that's a num- that's a still a physical number, but I'm mm-hmm. chilling with a half of the savings. Um, I'm not spending it. I'm I'm kind of having to dip into a hundred dollars every other month, but I pay it back because I'm getting paid we- weekly, and um, the thing is, I'm getting paid hourly. It's fifteen dollars, but over here, it's beautiful. It's sunny, everything, but the the well, since we work outside, once uh, one o'clock rolls around, we can't work anymore because it's like 97 degrees and it's humid as heck. So the checks start to dwindle because we're not working the hours. Yeah. But I'm not worried too much because I have the savings. Luckily, I'm alone, even though I don't want to be alone. I'm still alone and I'm probably going to end up getting single singled out to be single for the rest of my life. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't want to be single, but every every time I go up to a, a, a sister in the truth, I don't get chosen. Maybe I'm too much of a too much of a cantankerous man or maybe I'm just too much of a man and they want a child. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too ugly. Here here, here here's the thing that I I personally went through and that is when you start focusing on yourself and better yourself other people notice and they start yeah. you, they start gravitating towards you just so don't you know the, just keep in mind as long as your priorities are your priorities every, yep. everything else is a plus so if you start dating date a hundred percent you know give it a hundred percent and if it doesn't work out Give yourself that room to say it just wasn't meant to be and move on. Yeah, and that was my 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 downside is I always wanted an answer. I always wanted a reason why it didn't work out. Uh, now, I, I came up here with a mindset is whatever I'm working on myself. I need to buy a house. I need to I need to stabilize myself and whatever comes comes. Exactly, man, and that's a good mindset to have, and that's a good you know set yourself first. You got years, man. What are you like thirty three? Yeah, I just turned 32, 33 this July. Yeah, it's it's oh wait, so you're you you had you just had your birthday. Yeah, July nine. July nine. Uh, Dang, dude. So, but, uh, but the thing is, the mindset in California was uh, get married by twenty, get married by twenty. So it oh, really yeah. messes you. Yeah, it, it does. Because like, mm-hmm. like 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 in the past, like everybody had this idea of marriage. Everybody had this idea. You have to own a house at this point, blah blah. And those people that own the house, apparently, they're they're still paying it off for the next twenty. Yeah, they're crippling 25. debt. <laughs> yeah, and they say, "Oh, it's good debt." I'm like, nah, dude. To me, debt is debt. I'm not. In my opinion, I'm gonna try to buy the house up front. Like, pay, pay, I mean, obviously, you'll have the you know ta- property taxes after that. You still have to pay monthly mm-hmm. stuff like that. But like. For me, it's like my goal when I buy a house is to pay it all. And in California, that might take me a while. So I'm... the thing is, I, I'm not going to try to convince you to come up here. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not going up there. <laughs> come and visit me. Oh, for sure. And you'll, you'll make a decision. Um, there's houses up here with land for two, 220, 230. Well, uh, yeah. like, an acre, like an acre of land, dude. Believe and me. You don't California. In Tennessee, same situation. In Texas, same situation. I, except, yeah, yeah. except I visited Tennessee and I didn't like the humidity, so I'm like, nah. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, I mean, if, if nothing changes in California, we'll, we'll eventually make that decision, you know? But, 
just uh, come and visit. Like maybe, oh, no, maybe... We'll, we'll definitely visit. We're just waiting on a vaccine to do anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I so, feel you. Yeah. Because up here, I started, I started getting, because like you said, when you, like you touched base, like I started getting better attitude. I started clowning. Like I yeah. used to remember, remember when we first met, um, your cousin Alex was, was dating on this, on that girl that mm-hmm. completely, hey, they'll figure out who it is, but completely <laughs> went, yeah. went back. And we met because we were just clowning and clowning and clowning. And I just started going back to being myself. Yeah. And uh, people started getting, people started like talking to me. Because the first month I was here, no one from the truth was talking to me because I was a serious person. I was starting to unwind and all that stuff. And then um, I started, uh, <laughs> it's reminding me certain stories. It's funny. I started uh, <laughs> attracting attention from the older community from our true from our church this lady from like she's like she's like 45 50 so anything i would say in church she would come up behind me and comment not obviously walk behind me but like right after the comment you know you know how the meeting works yeah obviously your listeners don't but um she would say like so-and-so said yada yada like so-and-so said yada yada i'm like dude Get my get my name out of your mouth, because she was older. And like I'm 32 at this this point of time, and she's like, "Oh no, no!" Uh, she started talking to my uncle, like you know the old way that they would go to the uncle and like yeah. want to make a a visit kind of situation. Like, dude, we're not in the freaking 40s anymore, dude. It, so <laughs> yeah, I know when, when you're saying that the there's a movie that pops in my head, bended like Beckham. Remember that movie? Yeah, yeah. Where, where, like, they see the daughter hugging the other girl, like, uh, Kira Knightley's character. And mm-hmm. because, because she had short hair and she was wearing, like, boyish stuff, she thought she was dating or hugging another guy, not the girl. Mm-hmm. And they go to the parents' house and they're, like, sitting down. It's like, we just wanted you to know this and this and this. And, like, that's the only reason for the visit. And that's, that's when you're telling me these things, like, man, that, that kind of that, that reminds me of, like, you know, that movie is where the only time to visit is, you know, either gossip or to inform yep. or something like that. So it gets better, though. So this lady's been is recently divorced. So she's she's looking for someone mm-hmm. and she's forward. She came up to my aunt, my uncle, and like, we need to make a barbecue. We need to hang out. Oh, she's going out she, shopping, huh? Yeah, she, she's going windows shopping and she likes what she sees. <laughs> And um, at this time frame, I have a, another sister I'm hitting up that uh, I just recently just gave up on because I'll get on, I'll get into that story in a in a second. Um, but my attention was somewhere else. She was following me around like crazy. I didn't realize how bad it was. Uh, I would go to service. Brothers would start name dropping her like, "Hey, so and so wants to talk to you." I'm like, brother, I do have gray hair. I act like the old man. But I'm 32. He's, they're like, oh wow, you, 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 oh wow, and they just get the oh wow, and they can't stop oh wowing. Like, oh, how old do I look? And like, well, you dress and you act very old. That's, I'm like, oh damn, I need to change up my game. Because <laughs> I, I just dressed because I felt it felt comfortable. I don't do this, just go waste a thousand dollars on a on a Gucci belt because it's the, the new thing. So this chick comes up to me. Uh, I start reading. They start giving me parts, and I start reading in church. 
Let's start reading the Atalaya. I don't know if you remember that, right? Can you hear me? Uh-oh. And we get disconnected. Oh, so you can speak. You can't. Oh, wow. <clears throat> so this lady, this lady started to talk me up and I was reading the watchtower. So uh, she comes up after a meeting and she's like, oh, I want to talk to you. I want to get to know you better. I want to uh, start getting to know you better. So maybe we can, we can go on a date. Okay. Yeah. Let's finish this off. We can go on a date. And I was like, what? Like, uh, I don't think you realize I'm younger than this. And she's like, uh, how old are you anyways? I'm like, I'm 33. And she's like, and she gets beat red and leaves the, leaves the hall. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's another situation. But yeah, that's the end of that. And then uh, we can continue on another day because it's a lot, a lot more stories. All right. Yeah. Keep going on your uh keep going on your thing man uh, congratulations on your baby again and then we'll continue another day peace out man i'm gonna leave recording hopefully that stops and that was another miguel's moment podcast hope you guys had a fun time listening and i hope you guys have a good rest of the day